0: Oh, you started yet? No. No. Welcome back to another
1: episode of the SC Weekly Wrap. This is episode number 85. We're closing in on the ton, very much like Travis Head the other night. How good were the Aussies, Ben? Welcome back.
0: Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, unbelievable uh, to knock off India over there. And Travis Head, what a man, hey! I think um, obviously best on in the final and best on in the afters as well. I think he's uh, had a fair dip.
1: Yeah, he has. I've seen a couple of good photos of him, and well deservingly so as well. And Liam was supposed to be here tonight, but uh, he couldn't make it through. And I was just wondering why he couldn't make it. But uh, at the start of the carnival, he likes to say that he's the cricket analyst on the show, and he does do a very good job at doing so when he is actually on the show. But uh, he said the Australians were no chance to win it. And obviously, we've come through and grabbed the Chalkies and won our sixth. Is that our sixth?
0: Yeah, I World think Cup? it's
1: six out of eight. Six out one. of eight. So. Bloody impressive from the Aussies to dig deep and win that one. Obviously, it started with Maxwell and his knock, sort of like the undertaker, as people might have seen on social media. And then obviously, Travis Head and Pat Cummings and co, the rest of the team doing a brilliant job. Uh, is there anything grabbed your attention in the last week in sports before I do a little bit of a deep dive into what sort of happened?
0: Uh, well, I'll actually touch on quickly local cricket because um, I played cricket on the weekend and it was the first time the four of us, Cody included, a couple of mates played D-grade. Uh, we didn't get the win, but uh, we had a lot of fun—that's for sure. Uh, but I'll have to touch on as well as we do. I told you before uh, we started that Corey got a few wickets on the weekend, yes. and uh, you'll spew it how many it was. But good bowling by him in B grade, so uh, he's an A grade bowler, I think, in B grade. Took seven for forty-eight off twenty-two overs. <laughs> that hurts. Uh, he'll he'll love me telling you that. And a uh, quick fire twenty-four off twenty-six as well with the bat. Uh, the big fella, he's in form. He is in form, That is
1: well done, Corker. Um, now get your ass back into the studio <laughs> next week, mate, or else uh, you won't
0: be playing B-grade. But was he dropped? Or was no, that... Katandra A-grade had the bye, um, and then they played, yeah, two, day, uh, Low two days. Low-hanging fruit so... from him just yeah. goes,
1: I'll drop down, get the ego back of up. Bit confidence, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get the ego boost back. I like it. Uh, we had the AFL draft night last night with Harley Reid going the number one pick to the West Coast Eagles. Was there any ever doubt in your mind where
0: he was going? No, I think he was always going to West Coast, even though they um, said that North were going to throw up picks two and three and try and get him. But I think if you're going to take the best player in the competition or the country at the time, yeah, you've got to take him with uh, pick one.
1: I do have a question for the AFL, which we will leave to later on because you're our AFL man, absolute expert. So it would be interesting <laughs> to get your take on uh, where that is sitting. But... For the moment, there is big news. Obviously, Cody getting married himself. You've been telling me you've been going to that many weddings recently and Cody's was one of them. So, big congratulations to him. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. The good man's tied down now.
0: Yes, no, it was a beautiful wedding, him and Chloe. So, um, yeah, congratulations to them.
1: Yeah, it's big. Thorny was going to dissect the final of the cricket. We'll have to save that for when he does come on next. I'm just interested on your thoughts, whether... Crystal ball. Crystal ball. (laughs) We'll go with that. uh, 2005-ish Australian side, or is the current side better? It's obviously a hard question. They're never going to play against each other. It's MJ LeBron type s conversation, but...
0: It's probably, hard, it's probably hard to say now because uh, the players haven't retired, but once this generation of players have retired, you can kind of look back and see where their careers have ended because obviously there's a lot of legends in that early, uh, what was it, 2005 team? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we have to wait till they retire, but definitely uh, this team is yeah, looking pretty strong, especially all across the board. I think everyone's contributing uh, well for the whole team.
1: It's time to get into the NBA and there was a little bit of a pause there because my Pistons have been absolutely (laughs) stinking it up. People might have seen on the socials, uh, had a little bit of a tee-off to them. They're 5 from 36 after today's loss since the February trade deadline and what that basically means is that we stink
0: (laughs) Put it in in
1: layman's terms. That's basically where we're going at the moment, the Pistons. But it's just interesting because over the last five years, it's been that little bit of a rebuild. Um, that we see in every single sport, um, particularly obviously the NBA, NFL, and probably the AFL as well. But they've had that many top five draft picks, and it's like, all right, we're we're starting to build now. We're starting to build, and then it comes to a time when those players need to become go to the next level. And yeah. I think that the Pistons have really struggled with it. Not that anyone probably really cares, considering they're fifteenth in the East. For me, it it really does sort of sting a little bit, considering that they they're still they're two and thirteen this year. Basically, they were two and one, so they've lost what
0: is that, 11 in a row or 12, in a, 12 row now. in a row? Yeah,
1: 12 in a row now.
0: So, what do you think it is? Do they have like experience in the team, or is it just full of all those young draft picks? What's your take on the team?
1: You're huge, you, because <laughs> that's not even that's a segue that you didn't even ask about. And experience is massive. Yep. We've seen it with so many teams in a lot of different sports. Prime example, Chelsea Football Club over the summer, they got rid of basically their whole playing list and spent a billion dollars over the last two years on bringing players in, which, yes, it's good because they're up-and-coming young guns, but if you don't have the experienced players around them,
0: yeah, true. It's yep. going to
1: take a while for that to gel, have the system in place for the rest of the team to say, hey, this is the way you've got to train, this is the way that the team wants to play, et cetera, et cetera, going on. Now, perfect example is Corkers Rockers, the Houston Rockets. Corkers Rockers. Corkers Rockers. Oh, I'm off to a flyer here today. <laughs> uh, but a prime example for them is they probably were around the same, a little bit of a rebuild They've brought in Dylan Brooks, Villain Brooks, as a lot of people have seen him as, Um, but he's a little bit more of an established player now. He's 27. Then you also bring in Fred Van Vliet, championship experience from the Raptors. So it adds that little bit of caliber and says, this is the way that we want the young guys coming up through. Now, the Pistons have no one of that elk, and that's why I think that they're struggling. The Hornets, very much similar in the way that they're going, and the Wizards very similar as well. So you can see why the bottom teams are struggling and they don't have that adaption to go to the next level. Um, and even in the AFL, we're cross-referencing here. We're flying <laughs> through the sports. Collingwood's another prime example. It was a little bit of Pendlebury, side bottom, your older players there. Yeah. They you gotta keep them around. Richmond's done it as well. They did it with Cochin and Rewell. So it'd be interesting to see how they go this year, both of those retirees. But in sports, experience is massive and it definitely counts towards my Pistons, but we'll flip from the bottom of the Eastern Conference to the top now and the Celtics, well, wow, they had a loss today, even though Jason Tatum dropped 45 points, but they're going okay. Do you still follow them a little bit or are you a Pelicans man now?
0: No, I still follow them a little bit. I keep up to date with most of the scores and Tatum today was it 45, did you say? Yep. Yeah, it's pretty huge. In a loss though, so um, doesn't really mean much, does it? No, it doesn't.
1: You're correct.
0: But basically going
1: through the Eastern Conference, we can obviously break down the games and um, who's been exciting to watch. For me, the paces at the moment, I've spoken about it on another podcast. They're a team that I looked at and I went, same thing. They don't have that much experience around. They brought Bruce Brown across from the Nuggets, who can be a little bit of a role player, but he's not a superstar. He is in my fantasy team. Is he really? (laughs) he's
0: all right, Bruzy (laughs) Brown.
1: So he's going okay. But, uh, yeah, the paces have surprised me so far. And I reckon over the next 10 to probably 15 games is when we'll figure out who's the frauds and who's the MVPs going around through, not only the Eastern Conference but the Western Conference as well, which I do have here. The Timberwolves are the team for the Western Conference that have really surprised me. And um, as much as you need experience in your sides, like we've just spoken about here, They've got Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns. Now, the issue for them wasn't the experience. It was the similar to the thing that we, we spoke about, the Clippers playing the ISO ball, few egos within the team, but it looks like they're starting to gel a little bit, and obviously so. They're top of the West at this stage, but Anthony Edwards is such a really exciting player, and obviously he wants to be the number one player on that team, but you need to be able to work as a team to do so. So they've started well. The Nuggets are still flying, considering that they're the champions at this stage, and I'm really liking the way that they're going. And the Mavericks, even though I don't think they've got any big players, uh, your man Luka Doncic is dominating as well.
0: Yeah, my boy, um, obviously keeping up to date with him because he's my fantasy team. But just sliding down there, the Pelicans at nine, what do you, what's your opinion on their season so far?
1: Uh, building. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where they've had a few injuries C.J. McCollum's out at the moment. Your man, again, I've said your man a few times. Not got a few men. <laughs> but Dyson Daniels, uh, starting point guard today for the Pelicans, obviously with C.J. McCollum injured, and he's not going to be a high-volume stat player. Yeah, um, Like a lot of people saying, oh, he's going to be very similar to Josh Giddy. I think he's just a very good core piece within the team to build over the years, and I don't think he's going to be that star. I like the trajectory of the Pelicans though and the way that they're handling things and you're not going to win games by having individuals win it. And I think that a lot of people get so built up on going, this bloke's had 35, yep. this bloke's had 12 rebounds. How exciting is that when the players in your team that actually win you the games is on defence and doing a lot of other things. So the Pelicans are trending in the right direction for me. It just might take a little bit of time.
0: Yeah, beautiful. I, I like that. Um, And Zion's finally having a good run at it.
1: Yes, he is. Yeah, He was my smokey for the MVP and he's... Probably gonna to have to start averaging forty points yeah, for that so. <laughs> to happen, I think. So that was a it was a roughie definitely that ended up being rough. You're a person that follows a lot of sports, Hicksie, but one of them that you're probably getting into at the moment is the NBA that we've spoken about. Is there anything that you probably wanted to either arcs or sort of dissect and not only just for yourself, but everyone out there that's trying to get into the NBA in some way?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely um, getting more into it the last two years uh, doing the NBA fantasy. You start to look at more stats and more highlights, especially the players you've got in your team. But I was, had a question uh, posed to you a bit earlier so you could have a think of it and I'll put it in our inbox. Um, for someone starting up watching NBA or anything, what are the three games you think they have to watch from the past, say, five years or so to really get them into the NBA? What are the better games?
1: It is a good question. And a lot of the boys had a little bit of chat about this in the inbox because it's obviously quite topical and you want to watch these games, it's probably similar to any other sport saying, well, what's some good highlights that you can watch on YouTube to sort of get you in the mode and understand what the the fever pitch is like when games are right up in there. And for me, I'll go back seven years ago to the 2016 Game 7 of the NBA Finals between the Warriors and the Cavs. Yep. And so uh, as a lot of people would know, and if you don't, the Warriors were 73-9 and nine that year. Just, it's the best record ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the league and uh, they were up 3-1 against the Cavs where LeBron was basically doing everything himself. Kyrie Irving was very, very serviceable, so don't come at me for that. But uh, LeBron basically put them on his back 3-1 down and uh, had a bit of a chuckle, comes back and it's the infamous block that he has and it goes up the other end. Kyrie hits the three and they win the first ever championship for the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, right at the death of that game. So that game for me is one that I would get people to watch out there and there's actually a documentary on YouTube. I looked it up earlier for people that if you want to get a little bit invested into it and understand the story behind it because, yeah, 73-9, and nine, people say it's still the greatest team ever even though they didn't win the championship, yeah. which is quite interesting. And then funnily enough, the next year, Kevin Durant joins the team and it's like this is really a super team now. So that's one of the games that I would definitely watch. Another one that does involve the Warriors and Kevin Durant as well is the game between the Warriors and the Rockets, which was a regular season game. Now, I'm not sure if you've seen the highlights for this game, Hixie, but it was basically, in the end, it was roughly about 135 to 132 in a regular season game. And obviously, James Harden was in his MVP form at this stage, averaging about 37 or 38 points a game, Mm -hmm. which is just ridiculous. And the ball goes up the other end of the court. Kevin Durant takes a foot out of bounds and throws it back in, and his foot's out. And it's the old infamous ball doesn't lie. Yep. So the ball comes back out. Curry ends up shooting a two, and they're up by two points at this stage to take the game from tied up to two. Goes up the other end. James Harden hits the three to win it. It's a contested three. It was great. But the only the only other reason that I would say to watch that game as well is is the stats in that game is unbelievable. Players just shooting massive points. Obviously the score was high. So that was really, really exciting as well. And the other games escaped me, the one that I brought up earlier today. I'll use the one that um, Joel Costa, JC, on the lottery said to me as well, the Malice at the Palace game. Yeah. Now, there's a documentary on Netflix. I don't know. Have you seen
0: it? I haven't seen the documentary, but I I know vaguely about the Malice in the Palace. Yeah, it's a bit of push and shove.
1: Yeah, a bit of push and (laughs) shove that turns into a little bit more. So I don't want to spoil that one in case people want to watch that. Pretty sure it's still on Netflix or if not, it should be on YouTube at some stage. But Malice at the Palace game between the Pistons and the Pacers. So look up that one if you're interested in a little bit of biffs and brawls and a little bit of emotion that's involved in basketball.
0: That's good. I'll have to definitely check out the documentary and watch a couple of those games. But a few of the other boys put through a few um, like Kawhi Leonard when he uh, made the shot. Raptors versus Sixers. Yeah, that's the one where yeah. it bounces
1: off the rim and they I've go through. seen all up. those
0: highlights and yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like now that I've started watching NBA, I think NBA is one of the most exciting action-packed sports in the world. I think it's probably out there at number one. Just a, such a small field, like court, crowd, everything, everyone's watching, supreme athletes. So yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing to watch the um, NBA now that I'm getting into it and so many highlights as well, like ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And I think it comes down to that. Thing where you got to be athletic, obviously dunking, being a big man really helps, but also having that finesse to hit shots that you go, geez, how did he get that in? So, well, we'll go our first break now, and I've got a couple of questions for you for the AFL when we get back.
0: Perfect, go (laughs) on.
1: Welcome back after the break. We're about to get into now the SC Faithful Questions. But before we do that, I have a little stat for you, Hixie, that I seen today. And um I'm not sure if anyone else has seen it, but It come across as, you know, how you see that on these days. Yeah. Apparently a player called Jack Taylor, as we were talking about basketball, thought I'd make it remain relevant. And Jack Taylor in 2014 in the Div 3 College playing in America, he had a pretty good game. He had 138 points. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, He shot 27 from 71 three-point attempts and he hit 52 out of 108 uh, shots overall. So it's fair to say that the man had a (laughs) pretty good good game. and obviously doesn't know how to pass the ball as well.
0: No, geez. Who was he playing against, does it
1: say? Or? Uh, it doesn't. It just says it was Div 3. So, yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, I haven't heard his name since, so he hasn't really gone <laughs> no. on too much from 2014. But if he is listening uh, out there, well done on that
0: game. Should have put Noah Sims on him, locked him down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. We like that one. Uh, it's very similar to Corker kicking 19 goals. We hear about it all oh, the time, but goodness. he's not playing AFL himself. Although the AFL draft does continue tonight.
0: Yeah, it does continue tonight, um, picks 30 onwards. Um, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, you or me get a phone call and we're finally uh, the dream is fulfilled. I think it's 11 years in a row for me, so I'm uh, hoping they've still got my number.
1: Oh, I'm hoping so as well. I'm a better chance of playing uh, for Gilbartra. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but no, Gilbartra played uh, France the other day and they oh, lost 14-0.
0: Yeah, I did say that. <laughs> I
1: could have pronounced that wrong. My apologies for those out there, but there was a few few drubbings in the international break for the EPL. So, yeah, Friends got up 14-0 basically against the Wangaratta Rovers. And then we had the Aussies get up and they won 7-0. So a few floggings there. I'm not sure what's going on with the international break. It'd be interesting to see if they make the fraud award votes later on, I think.
0: So what happens with the international break? Obviously, they take time off from their local leagues and EPL and all that stuff. What do the players do that don't get picked? Do they go back and play club? No, it's literally just,
1: it's not playing. So uh, I think Shed was speaking about it uh, recently as he thinks he's a resident over there now, thinks he has a dual passport. But uh, basically, I think it might be the top three flight levels, say for English Premier League. um, They all have the buy that week and you might have your local kickabout sort of stuff on. Um, And the rest of it, if you didn't get picked, well, basically it's training.
0: Too bad. So sad.
1: Yeah, and they do it four or five rounds into the season or weeks into the season, which for me just sort of ruins the momentum going forward.
0: Very fraudulent. And
1: and there's a big, big uh, push for players that are playing just too much. Yeah. Uh, Too many games at the moment. Obviously, the Champions League is going to be increasing next season. International breaks with the World Cups, um, all the different cup formats that they play. And No wonder there's 196 injuries in the Premier League at the moment this season. Jeez. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. well. All right, well, we might as well get in some questions, I reckon. Um, we have actually got a couple here that are gonna tie in with the question that you've got. So we'll start off with uh sorry if I pronounce any of these wrong. Uh Izani G underscore one. Yep. Has said, should AFL have reserves play before the ones? Well,
1: it is a it's a great question. I like it. Um instead of reserves for me, uh, I would have the under 18s comp like I posted on the socials today playing. So, a prime example of this is if anyone out there watches college football or they go out and watch college NBA, anything of that sort of elk, and I understand America's a lot bigger, comes to comes to draft night and everyone's saying, well, this bloke should be picked, this bloke should be picked. For us, it's probably maybe hardly reading a few other players' names that you might have known throughout there. But it just felt like this year, maybe it's a weaker draft, but there's just no real hype around it. And yeah, it's, something's got to change for that. And for me, and this is why I wanted to, i fire off a couple of quick questions to you and see what your thoughts were on this, just to sort of revamp the AFL instead of having round zero oh, and all the dang. other things that they're doing at this stage. So for me, it would be having an under-18s competition that plays around before, it doesn't have to be before every AFL game, but at least some sort of competition that's nationwide, very similar to how they have their national championships that's played you know, on the MCG in these sort of days. So fans go out and see it and they say, Oh, by the way, Ben Hicks has gone out today and had twenty-seven touches in the under-eighteens, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Um, obviously on grand final day they still have the is it under-seventeens play on grand final day or under-eighteens play um before yeah, the grand final. So if you're going to have yeah a game on the biggest day of the AFL calendar, you might as well during the year as well. And yeah, give spectators a look at what's coming up, what the future is. I think it's really good. And yeah, I don't like the reserves play before um the ones. So if, you, if, you, if the AFL played for them or anything because I like going out to you know VFL grounds and stuff I think it takes away from that if they're going to be playing at MCG and all that but yeah definitely the under 18s would be uh, really good to have them before they are uh, big big ones
1: I, I agree on that and I think that they should have sort of a starts later on and because you don't want it, them to be playing 24 or 25 rounds and then they have their grand final when the buys on for the AFL so, Oh, yeah I mean,
0: everyone has got that yeah. to
1: watch throughout the year there's no AFL, on It's like this is the grand final. Yeah. You're going to see sort of your best players come from there. Obviously, it's a fair way down the path, but that's why I have my own podcast. About. Yeah, it's,
0: it's smart because um, all these players that have been picked for, you know, your Murray Bush Rangers and your called Cannons and stuff, are obviously the best in the region. So giving them a taste of the MCGs and the SCGs and all these big um, stadiums, yeah, it's really um, on top of making the team as well and then getting to play at these big venues would be uh, pretty special. I like it.
1: I'm going to quick fire the next ones because I said that was going to be a quick fire, which it wasn't. The first one would be instead of the draft being the way that it is, having a lottery draft for, say, your bottom 10 teams and percentages going the way of, obviously, the team that's in last.
0: I don't know about that because I think now it's getting more and more um, evolved in the draft because we can see all the trades that are happening and stuff. So I think, yeah, it's, a lottery obviously would be all right because NBA does it yep. yeah well. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the worst team getting number one pick. I think, yeah, get the wooden spoon, get the number one pick. But, yeah, like I said, um, this year you could trade anything. Like they were going to trade the number one pick. So, yeah, I don't think lottery will yeah work for the AFL.
1: Bang on. I agree with that one. I think the uh, AFL is nearly the most even comp yeah. going out there. Like you watch the EPL, for example, obviously they don't have a draft. But the way that things are sort of skewed from there, it's your, your Top six sides are always going to be sort of thereabouts, and it's a dream run if anyone else does. Whereas
0: priority picks as well. Now they throw them out like it's anything.
1: Yeah, correct. I like it. Number two point play-ins for the AFL. We're obviously looking at expansion teams. I'm not even sure if Tasmania is still going ahead. We haven't heard anything.
0: It's going to be quiet, but yeah, I think they're going ahead. And then obviously they'll have to round it out to 20 teams. So another one will come.
1: Yeah. So at this stage, you've got a top eight, and you've got 18 teams. Why don't we have nine and 10? Play seven and eight to figure it out. Thoughts on that for the planes? Is
0: that too? Uh, no. ama- is it too American? No, I think I think it's a no. I just think it's probably too many games. Um, if you add another one on, they're already going to twenty four rounds next season. I think it is. Yeah. So then you'd obviously have to have what did you say? Seven and eight and nine and ten play. So that's yeah. another week where uh, the rest of the teams don't play, and then they've got to back it up the next week. I think. Yeah. No. Nah, top eight, and then. Yeah, have a break and then into the finals. I disagree with that.
1: I reckon because you've got your teams that are around in the middle of the park range that, for me, it's probably because I'm an Essendon supporter (laughs) so I can say this, but you're looking at it and you're saying, well, we might as well tank when it gets towards the end of the season or it's that, hey, we've got a chance to make the play-ins or however they're going to word it for what it is and it gives fans that extra hope that you can have that miracle run. Yes, it's going to be harder and you say, well, you know, 8th is deserve to play finals but they've got to play ninth now and I feel like it's much of a muchness where teams this year the Bulldogs weren't far off it Adelaide weren't far off making the eight as well depending on obviously a goalpost incident but for the the rest of the teams around there it gives that sort of a sense to it it's just like we can win a final here and have that sort of a momentum and you might not win the grand final and who knows miraculously someone could win it from ninth or tenth Mm. down the line but it gives you that momentum going into next year saying hey, we've had that little bit of a taste from experience for it, and that's just probably my opinion on it. But, yes, I also understand it could be a bit Americanised.
0: Wouldn't that be the last round anyway because the last round this year really came down Come to someone winning and then, obviously, yeah, what you said, Adelaide and all that missing out. But That's a good point too.
1: Yeah. I like it. I like <laughs> it. That's a good discussion. It is. Uh, and the last one for me is basically, you know how we have the interleague buy for country football clubs around here, this one's really left of centre. So let's see what your thoughts are on this one. Start of the year, teams play a very similar interleague game and it will start with the bottom of the bottom leagues. Builds away throughout the year, similar to like a knockout competition until the best country football team plays each other in a grand final for wherever it could be. And it could be, let's say, it's middle of the bye round when it's supposed to be for the AFL. And it doesn't, and it's, and it's and it could be played at Etihad or not even Etihad, Marvel Stadium.
0: Um, I think they do that now with the interleague. Obviously, there's a ranking system, or well, there used to be a ranking system. I'm not sure. Yeah, if there still is. Still is. I yeah, think. and the best two teams play, obviously. But I think it'd just be too hard.
1: It feels like a nothing thing, though.
0: Yeah, I don't. And a lot of people don't want to play because um, they need the break. Yeah. So you could you could have a carnival. You could have. Yeah, I'm trying to think now when you'd have the carnival. Maybe at the end of the year after everything's done. Because there's probably a gap week before AFL Grand Final if you get all the Grand Finals done yep. for all of the leagues. But then you have to keep fit if you're not making finals. Yeah, it's a bit a bit hard to find the perfect weekend. But you could, yeah, smack bang in the middle of the year, have a big carnival for a, a week or so, and then play shortened, shortened games maybe. Yeah, it's 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 hard to get um all the teams on the same page throughout the year.
1: Completely agree on that one. I think it'd be too hard to do. But the reason I bring it up is obviously Andrew Dillon spoke about when he's coming into the AFL, he wants to make a big difference on grassroots footy and also junior footy coming through. So I thought I'd throw a couple of curly ones at you and, and where you were sitting with him because obviously he's made a few changes going into this round zero next year, which I think is probably the wrong way to probably start it. Where I, I see the marketing perspective for it though. It's like let's try and tap into Sydney, Brisbane, these sort of areas. But it's like Richmond Carlton, yes, it's going to be on the next week i don't know just sort of it's like we're here at round one but you can't go and watch it yeah unless obviously you travel and that's tourism and those sort of things but i'm not a fan of it
0: Well, you could have like you say you've got the under 18s nab league or whatever it's called now you could have that for older people over the age of 18 where you have say six teams a coach for each team and they they get to pick from across the country their best players and then they all play together so you have three games six teams and then from across the country you could pick vfl players you pick Golden Valley players. You could pick Murray League players, anyone who you want for your team, for the coaches. They could pick their best teams and then play off against each other.
1: I like it. Innovation here on the podcast.
0: (laughs) Revolutionary. And now I've got a few more questions for you. I'll fire back at you. Let's go for it. Uh, Luke James has sent in, who do you think is the NBA's most underrated player and why? Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, Ooh. like you haven't heard it. You told me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Bit of value for the pod. I like that one. Just give me a second and I'm going to go through and have a look at who I would consider up there. For me, I think now it is more appreciated because of this season and the way that the Bucks have started. But Drew Holiday, who's recently gone to the Boston Celtics, been up there as a defensive player. But what he adds to the dynamic now at Boston is unmatched, I think, in the way of what he does for the NBA. So for me, Drew Holiday would be, if you think that's a bit of a cheap Cop out option. I'm going to go with Tobias Harris at the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, he can average probably about 15 points a game, but that's not what he really is in the team for. Basically, the third best player in the side. When Harden was there, he was the third best. I guess Maxi's probably overtaken that now as the point guard. For me, uh, what Tobias Harris does for that team is you still needs to take a good defender because he can shoot the ball and get 25 points if he needs to, but he can also lock down. Uh, your best players out there. And he's done that time and time again with the other teams. And that's why not only with Joel Embiid, but that's why I think the 76ers have still been successful over the last probably five to six years.
0: That's fair enough. And do you think that people watching the NBA just look at stats as well?
1: Yes. Yeah. We can all be guilty of that. And I think that's due to probably multis and just having a little bit of fun and fantasy, like we spoke about looking at stats. There is so much of that. And obviously stats are a massive part of the NBA, but Just like with any other sport, there's obviously your your grey area in between, which coaches love. So like a a player that's been in the league for a long time is PJ Tucker. Now, he could go out there and have zero points all the time, and he does it. You'd never ever put him in a multi, but he's been in the league for, I don't know, I'm going to say 15 years off the top of my head for the reason of what he brings with the energy, the defensive, setting up zones, all these things that obviously... Is above us in, uh, in the way that it works. But yeah, there's, we look over stats a lot. That's, yeah. a good que- that's a good question and a good point.
0: Yeah, we love players who play their role as well. We do. Uh, I've got one from Harley McRae, big fan of the show. And yes. the, uh, what would you call him? The camera expert, the technician.
1: Yeah, creative producer. Creative producer. That doesn't create or produce. <laughs> <laughs> nah, shout out, Harley.
0: Now, he's asked, what do you think about the NRL going to America and trying to get an American fan base? And I think they put an ad up about no helmets and no pads.
1: Yes. Um, so Peter Velandi's he's still the CEO of the NRL, I believe. Pretty sure, yeah. Um, and he's obviously big in racing New South Wales. If you listen to the Lottery podcast, shout out to that one. Yeah, he's looking at really innovating and obviously they – during COVID, they come back a week before the AFL did. They're just trying. They're just trying all these different things. The NRL and I really like it. I like the the direction that they're going for. Uh, NRL isn't too far away from what NFL is in the way that it's a little bit one eighty in the way that they play up the pitch. And obviously, the pitches over there will allow it. So I've always wondered why the AFL doesn't go over there. But obviously, getting this that right size oval with the stadium is really hard. So. I like what they're doing. Um, as for the no pads and that, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a nuffy move yeah, in terms of that. Bit of a, bit that, of a I clip think.
0: for the Americans. I,
1: I get it though, because Americans might eat that up and go, "Oh, well, let's go watch this." And yeah. so it's a bit of a bargaining tool. All in all, I really like that from the NRL that it's they're trying something out there, and who knows, it might work.
0: Yeah, I don't mind it either. Um, obviously, America is probably the biggest sporting country in the world. You'd say the nuffy fans over there, and to see. Uh, Australians running headfirst into each other and uh, crashing into each other without pads and helmets, like you say, that'll probably, yeah, catch their eye. But I am a little bit worried about the uh, round one over there in Vegas because, um, yeah, some of those NRL players might see the big bright lights of Vegas and they uh, get up to a bit of mischief. Yeah,
1: they might be going laterally, I reckon, <laughs> over there, the boys. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting that. Good questions in from SC faithful. I absolutely love it. We're going to go to our next break now. And then it's time for the votes, and we won't be able to do the quiz this week because there's only two of us.
0: That's all right. We've got Hixies
1: Heroes to cover it. Yes, we do. (laughs) There, I'm not doing it again (laughs) this week.
0: Just sniff it from the previous episode.
1: Sniff it from the previous episode. Hixies Heroes, bring it in, mate, when you're ready.
0: Yeah, well, it was formerly known as Hicksie's Heroes, and then it went back to Hickford's Heroes. It did. And I'm going to steal it back. Hicksie's Heroes this week. Yes. Everyone's we long, favorite segment. We might have to put up a poll. Do we prefer Hicksie's Heroes or Hickford's Heroes? Oh, I don't want to ruin my reputation, <laughs> it hurt my soul. But um, first, I've gone for big Patrick Cummings, um, obviously, Australian captain and everything. And I haven't been on for a couple of weeks. And he had a big uh, 202 run partnership with Maxwell where he contributed just 6% of the partnership. And then here in Maxwell's 100, uh, fastest 100, he contributed just eight runs in their 102 partnership. Um, real anchor type role by Cummings. I think that's really uh, bold by him to stick out there.
1: Few people on this pod could probably represent that a little <laughs> bit, but uh, without the captaincy side of it. So no, huge right. from
0: Cummings. I like that. And he had the big balls also to bowl first. Yes,
1: I was going to bring that up next.
0: So normally you uh, bat first, put the runs on the board in a final, but he had the massive balls to bowl first, and it came off as we know they got the big win. So um, yeah, big captain cum shot uh, did well there.
1: Nice. Can't wait to have him on the pod. <laughs>
0: And the next one I've gone, obviously, the AFL draft is on tonight, day two. And uh, big Phil Brown from the Williamstown Super Rules side has nominated for the draft, and he is 50 years old. (laughs) So I'm hoping that he gets picked up by someone. Obviously, it might not happen, but Geelong are sniffing around because they love getting the older players in. But good on Phil Brown, but I looked up, I could not find his stats on PlayHQ, so he can't be that good. Yeah, interesting. And then, obviously, we have the faithful and it was just a flood of Travis Head's in there. So, obviously, Travis Head is everyone's heroes. I'm not sure if it's because of his match-winning ton or the photos that have been put up about him afterwards because I think him and Mitch Marsh went for a, a bit of a celebration into the AM, um, but good on them. They deserve it.
1: Just looks like a genuinely good bloke, Travis Head does. you would love to have a
0: beer with him. Yeah. Actually, I'm sure he'd love to have a beer with us. Quick story on him. <laughs> I went to um, the Adelaide Day-Night Test Yep, and uh, he was on 100 and. 40 or something. I think we made, would he make a double ton in the day night test? We made over 100. Anyway, yeah. he was on 100 and something. And then he was just having lunch, uh, breakfast down in the main street cafe. Him and Peter Siddle just sitting there. And we're like, what are you doing? You've got like two hours till you have to go back. And he's just cool, calm, and collected, sipping on his latte. And that's
1: what we'd love to hear. He, I yeah, like that.
0: I'd love to have a beer with him and Mitch Marsh at that too. Yep. Huge. And that is Hicksy's Heroes for this week. Hopefully it stays Hicksy's Heroes.
1: Yeah, hopefully it does. I reckon it will, knowing uh, Hickford out there for bowling Uh It's time for the votes now. And I'm very interested to see where the votes are going to steer.
0: I've uh, taken the mantle of doing the votes yet again. Uh, you'll be probably happy with the MVP. You might not be happy with the frauds. I'm listening. MVP one vote this week. Uh, obviously, Max Verstappen yep. on his 18th uh, win of the season. Uh, over in where was it Vegas as well a lot happening over in Vegas at the moment actually but controversy over there did you see that shit show yeah it was did you see
1: the obviously the sphere that's there yeah so I was watching the race in and out while doing a few other things and you just see this big smiley face pop up but the actual overall look of the Vegas strip and the way that it was around the track looked really cool but obviously they had the pothole incident
0: with Carlos Sainz which is yeah it's a bit weird it is and then they had to stop um, practice eight minutes in after he ran over the pothole and then the second uh, practice started at like one thirty oh two thirty Oh, and they kicked out the crowd at one thirty. Yeah, So right. there was no one there. <laughs> it was a fucking stupid. It was a shit show. It was the first time in 41 years or something they've had it there. Or so yeah, I don't think they'll be coming back. But no. yeah, that, that sphere, I think it's nearly half, uh, half a million dollars a day to put an ad on there.
1: Half a million dollars a day? Yeah,
0: to put one ad on there. Yeah, right. So we might get the big SC logo up there, I reckon.
1: <laughs> yeah, we will. I'll have to talk to the financial advisor and see what I can do.
0: So well done to Max. He gets the one vote. Two votes. Obviously, Travis Head's going to get a few votes in here. We've got to throw him in here after the man of the match. Um, also got uh, Test 100 in the Test Championship as well. So he loves the big big stage, A big fella. Huge. And three votes the Australian cricket team. And I think that puts him in outright lead in the it MVP does. votes at I'm the moment. I'm looking
1: at it right now as we speak.
0: So, uh, yeah, They've got a 2020 that starts soon anyway in India, so they might get a few more votes.
1: Is it unfair and from our counterpart that cricket nearly goes a lot of the year round with now the tournaments that they have or should the other people just step up a little bit more and try and get their MVP awards when possible?
0: Well, they've still got to win and if they're winning, you might as well give them votes. <laughs> Correct.
1: <laughs> Correct. You've got me there. I like that one. Now for the Fraud Awards, which is enormous.
0: Yes, the Fraud Awards. One vote, we've gone the international break in soccer. Yep. Love it. Not happy with that?
1: No, I'm not happy with it. We spoke about it earlier on in the episode. Uh, something's got to be done about the scheduling of the soccer. We spoke about the injuries as well. Boys from From the Spot really cover that well. Yeah, I'm just not happy with it.
0: Fair enough. Uh, two votes. We've gone for the AFL for their draft night. Uh, you aren't happy with the song selection by the DJ Dave? <laughs>
1: yes. Mate, I was flat. I'll tell you right <laughs> now. I've, I've tuned it in and it might have been a bit of Dua leaper or Dua leaper, depending on if you've got a lisp. Or not. So I tuned into that and went, mm, interesting little bit of a dance. I'm like, <laughs> uh, what's going on here? I'm not really Stop happy. Yeah, I'm not really happy with that. Uh, and then there was about three Dua Leaper songs in a row for the draft picks coming out. I just didn't, just the whole presentation, the way that it was reflected around it and then saying Dodoro with the, the steal of the draft. Mm. We've heard that for the last 20 years. I don't know. It's I reckon just,
0: he was the steal of the draft. No, Caddy, He's, he'll go yeah, all right. Yeah,
1: he'll go all right. And it's obviously a pick that was needed. But it's just one of those things where I just feel like the AFL, they could do a lot better job of not only the draft night but a lot of scheduling that they're doing at the moment.
0: Yeah, I wasn't happy with it either. I think um, it just went for too long. It was a long drag, dragging night. Um, the vision was shit too because sometimes the commentators would be talking and then the pick will come in and you don't get to see them go on stage and be presented. Um, yeah, it was a bit crowded in there too. There was a lot of people for draftees like, they get drafted and they got to hug about 35 people. Yes.
1: Yep. I'm I'm with that as well. And also two draft nights. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, get it done. Get it done. Do it e- Sunday. Even yeah, do it Sunday, do it during the day. Yep. And just Perfect. let it roll through. I like that. That's why jeez, well, I might actually ring Andrew Dillon so that we can come up <laughs> with but that's bang on from you And I,
0: I don't get it. There was two players that didn't know they were going to get picked up that night, so they weren't even there to be drafted they was waiting for the next night they were just there to support their teammates didn't have their club polo on weren't ready or anything which i don't agree with because if their family wasn't there it's you know it's a special night It's once once in a lifetime event can't spend it with your family so um yeah surely they know they're going to pick them up
1: yeah there's got to i don't know there's got to be something that makes it look a little bit better and just the camera works and people jumping over the top of each other i get it it's great obviously people have been drafted maybe i'm just a little bit bitter myself <laughs> But it, I don't know. They, just the just the production level of what's going on there. It's got to be lifted.
0: And five minutes to take your pick. I don't think you need five minutes. You should know who you're going to draft, yep. and then if they go, you should have backups. Yeah. But yeah, well, there should have been three votes for the AFL after that. After yeah. that rant. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the three votes, well deserving, is the Detroit Pits, Pistons. Geez, sorry about that. Pistons, pissed on, literally pissed on. Yeah. Uh, like we touched on before, lost twelve in a row to sit two and thirteen.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. They bring the coach in, Monty Williams, who come across from Phoenix as the highest paid coach, and then the owner's basically saying, this is our time to shine, boys, and uh, they have not. Oh. No. Are they so. trading anyone or
0: getting anyone in, you reckon, or is well, it?
1: You can go play in LA or New York, or you can come to Detroit and potentially get stabbed on your day <laughs> off. So, yeah, it's all downhill from here. There's talks that they might go into the Seattle Supersonics, the Detroit Pistons, the way they're going. His merge. Big merger coming up, but. Huge from you again, Hixie. Thanks for joining on, mate. You've been a uh, – I wouldn't say you're a ring-in. I'd say you've uh, come in and done a lot of extra work, so I appreciate it, mate.
0: No worries, mate. Thanks for having me, and uh, I might be on next week. I might not be.
1: Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, so make sure you tune in. Follow on all the socials as per usual. You know the prompts. See you later.